The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. Big shout out to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, at New Day Music on Twitter. Appreciate them letting us use the song Lion Kings as our intro again this season. This episode of the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Fielder's Choice Goods, wallets, card cases, and money clips made from repurposed vintage baseball gloves. Each Fielder's Choice product bears the individual marks of the piece of baseball history from which it's made so you know the product you purchase is the only one of its kind fielder's choice goods is proud to introduce their classics line durable premium wallets crafted from full grain u.s steer hide and accented with a unique swatch of vintage baseball glove leather and they're available just in time for father's day for a limited time get an exclusive offer of 10 percent off the entire Fielder's Choice Classics line when you go to fcgoods.com slash rotowire. That's fcgoods.com slash rotowire. Fielder's Choice Goods, the legacy is in the leather. James, a lot to talk about here today. We just 
wrapped up the draft coverage you and the crew did. I mean, I helped a little bit on Monday night, but you put in all the legwork and we greatly appreciate all your insight there. And you know, you are currently in the process of an overhaul of your top 400, slotting some of those guys in. Still not complete, so it's not published to the site, but we'll give you guys a little a snippet into what that might look like. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun night, as it always is. Uh, as always, like my, my rankings are, they, they are sort of tweaked a little bit based on the results. Some of the landing spots I really liked. Some of them I didn't like quite as much. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun night. Um, I mean, it, it, there weren't really any, many surprises except for the Kyler Murray pick by the A's. I mean, that, that's kind of an unprecedented uh, situation, at least since I've been covering the draft. It's just ra- very rare that you see a player drafted and then he's allowed to go play football like that. So that, that was kind of the big surprise. Uh, yeah, I don't I, even get how that works. Because when that, I guess he just won't technically sign, they'll retain his rights. The deadline will pass or whatever, but then he can maybe come back. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's kind of hazy to me. Uh, I mean, obviously, the A's know that he's going to be eligible to be there, you know, a prospect in their system after the season. I don't really get how the NCAA is okay with that, but I don't get a lot of what the NCAA is okay with or not okay with. So, I, I mean, I'm kind of haven't dug as deep into that as, as maybe I should. I just have kind of assumed that that's how it's going to play out, but it's a very unique situation. Yeah. And I mean, there were people that were surprised by, you know, how far Matthew Liebertor and Brady Singer fell. I mean, to me, that was just teams with a lot of money buying guys down to them. It wasn't, it's not like those guys aren't going to get paid like top 10 or top 12 picks. They just fell because the Rays and the, Royals specifically had more money to work with than a lot of those other teams. I saw the Reds got the guy that I was hoping for, Jonathan India. Um, Good with that. Glad they passed on Singer because, you know, position players, just more of a sure thing, especially a guy like that out of college. It was cool that he homered in his game with Florida the the same night, a couple hours after he got picked. Uh, And the Reds just aren't at the spot in the rebuild where they can worry about pitching. You know, I think pitching, I mean, obviously they're worrying about it and they're thinking about it, but you know, adding a, a guy who's, you know, may move quickly, but isn't going to have a big impact, I think is the wrong way to go for a team in their position. You know, if they're further along in the rebuild, maybe, but I still think they need to just load up with position players for the time being. But uh, before we get into draft talk, just want to talk about a few uh, guys coming up, making their impact at the big league level. Also touch on the latest on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but uh, Jake Bowers, James, getting the call today. I believe he's batting fifth or sixth in this Rays lineup today. Let's see here. Uh, sixth, yeah. So first base, Brad Miller kind of surprisingly designated for assignment. So do you think that signals that you know Crone locked in a DH and it's going to be Bowers pretty much every day? Yeah, I think that that's the way that this had been trending ever since the start of the season, uh, maybe a bit later than – some people expected, uh, I initially sort of thought that those guys, Bowers and Adamus might be up a little earlier, but, uh, kind of underestimated just how cheap the Rays are and, and forgot about the super two aspect that they would be sure to account for. He's, you know, the, the skill set probably fits better in the outfield, except that defensively, he's just a way better first baseman than he is a corner outfielder. So it's not going to be your 
prototypical first baseman production. I think that there's kind of a realistic power cap there, but we've seen other guys kind of shatter those perceived power ceiling or power uh, caps. You know, I mean, Austin Meadows comes to mind as a guy that I definitely wouldn't have expected to hit for a ton of power this year. And he has, I mean, Jesse Winker last year, I mean, the list kind of goes on and on. So not saying that Bowers can't be the next guy like that, that really kind of blows by what I'm expecting in that department. But, um, you know, I think you should temper your expectations, but he's going to get on base a decent amount. I think, uh, he's going to steal a few bases, a few more bases than your typical first baseman. Uh, it's a pretty solid overall skill set. I think he's kind of a borderline ad in 15 teamers, but in, in deeper leagues, you definitely should go out and grab him. Nice. So what can you tell me about Jalen Beeks? Great numbers this year at AAA Pawtucket coming up today to make his big league debut against the Tigers. The over-under here is a nine and a half. So it sounds like Vegas expecting him to maybe hit a road bump here, but uh, you're optimistic that he can maybe pitch well enough to stick around? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't really think he's a top 200 prospect. Um, the numbers are awesome at AAA. I definitely get why people are excited, but he's really relying a lot on deception. And, you know, maybe there's a chance that he could kind of do sort of what Joey Lucchese did with the, the Padres in terms of overperforming my expectations. But, uh, you know the stuff it's it's really just deceptive like he a lot of the strikeouts he gets are on uh strikes looking where the hitter just can't really pick it up i mean it's not like he's got he's generating a ton of of swinging strikes the way that you would maybe expect given his strikeout numbers and i think by when when he faces big league lineups especially big league lineups that are loading up uh right-handed hitters against him i think that he's going to run into some trouble so i i think that this might end up being a spot start or maybe just a brief run uh could be wrong i mean you know a lefty with deception sometimes those guys can go on eight or ten start runs where they're productive but uh i would not be breaking the bank at all for for jalen beaks nice that's a good word of warning caution because you know we got fab coming up tonight in our staff leagues and i actually wasn't going to be going after beaks but I mean, I think somebody's going to overpay. Well, the I mean, you have to obviously look at uh, what he does tonight. Yeah. I mean, by the time you're listening to this, Beeks might have thrown you know seven one run innings or something with eight Ks, and then I I look stupid. But I would definitely bet against that. And I mean, even Jordan Lyles had a good start. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean I, one start isn't really pr- uh, predictive. I wouldn't uh, even if he even if he pitches well. I would still probably not bid enough to get him even in a deeper league. I mean, like I said, it's, it's a guy where the book, the big league book on him might not quite be out. So it's possible that it's possible. The best start of his big league career is tonight. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean that sometimes that's the way it works with guys like this. Uh, But it's just, he's not as good of a pitching prospect as his triple a numbers indicate. So let's talk a little bit about the latest on Vlad Guerrero jr. Because, Oh, man. Frustrating stuff for him in the past week. Now on the seven-day DL, actually, at, uh, sorry, the, what is it, New Hampshire, right? Yeah. So that's disappointing news. But there's also the um, the report the other day from John Morosi 
The Blue Jays were considering promoting Guerrero to AAA within the next month, not skipping him over AAA and bringing him to the majors. Part of me thinks Morosi just heard that you know the Blue Jays were considering promoting Vlad, and then he assumed AAA. Um, I'm still holding that, on that's to, that's to a that hopeful hope. interpretation yeah, of that. Tweet. I could see that. <laughs> I could see Morosi just kind of draw, connecting the dots incorrectly <laughs> a little bit. Um, but that is kind of frustrating. I picked him up in labor, or not labor. I'm sorry. Uh, Tout head to head, which is a twelve team mixed league where I have to keep him in the lineup for a week when you pick him up. So I'm taking the L there this week. I still think Guerrero is going to help me there, but you know this promotion, which I thought was imminent to the majors, now seems like it could be a ways off. Yeah, it's just it's hard to take that Morosi report and be anything other than really depressed by it. You know, it's. Because the Blue Jays have now fallen out of it completely. Right. You know, I I still think that there are business reasons why they they could be tempted to promote him later this season just for, you know, box office reasons, cable ratings reasons. They're in a more unique situation than, than a lot of teams would be. But they also, that, that front office is kind of... Um, one of the sort of more ice cold front offices out there, I would say in terms of just, I think they would be willing to maybe take that PR hit just to save on the bottom line long-term when it, when it comes to uh, you, or I guess they wouldn't necessarily be saving, but they would be maximizing uh, how long they have Vlad jr. For uh, I, I guess I get that from a pure business standpoint, um, I mean, it's just, it's sort of unprecedented, at least from what I can think of, for a a player to clearly be big league ready in, you know, mid-May, and then for a team to hold him down for four and a half months. Like, that would just be kind of taking this whole thing to a a new level. You Mm -hmm. know, usually a guy, usually when it's like Chris Bryan or Ronald Acuna or, or whatever, they kind of prove that they're big league ready in maybe August, uh, or something like that, and then the team holds him down. Or, you know, even a guy like Eli Jimenez, he's kind of on more of a normal trajectory for it to be kind of, you know, that the White Sox might not call Eli Jimenez up this year, but they can say, hey, we're going to promote him to AAA at the end of June, and then he's going to rake there for a couple months, and then it's going to be like, oh, well, what's the point of calling him up for the final month? And that that's kind of how things normally work, whereas Vlad, he's already – at that stage where it's it's time and so it's just kind of uh hard to stomach i guess if you're a, a fantasy owner just knowing that he's ready to do damage against big league pitching and also knowing that you just don't know when he's going to be up if at all this year so uh very frustrating i think you definitely got to keep holding him in you know the vast majority of formats uh still think that he's a guy that could make a huge difference over like a two-month stretch but you know, if you're in a shallower, like 10 team league, that's no keeper spots and shit, you know, you've got somebody else out there on waivers that is, is well worth a pickup. I guess I wouldn't fault you at this point if you wanted to cut bait in a, in a super shallow league. Uh, but I, I'm going to stand pat on him and like in, in TGFBI, I'm just going to hold him all year. And if he doesn't come up, he doesn't come up. Yeah. I'm with you there. I think that's the course of action. It's just frustrating 
really frustrating. And it feels like this DL move, they're saying it's nothing serious, almost feels like a move by the organization just to quiet calls. Because did you see, like, at Rogers Center recently, there's the big banner, like, we want Vladdy. Um, the fans are up in arms. They're near in a, a riot. So. I mean, I, I, w- I think that they should riot. And Yeah, because as you said, like, a lot of times, you know, if a guy proves he's ready late, they keep him down. But Vlad proved he's ready, like, in the first month of the season. So they're pretty much, like, stealing a year of Major League pay from this kid. Well, right. They, they, no, they, they it's abs- literally theft. They absolutely are. And, um, I mean, they are within their rights uh, to do that. It's just... True. As a fan, I, I would recommend rioting and, and voicing your concerns because they're really just kind of robbing all of us of fun. They're taking sure. away our fun. And I think that... <laughs> it's like criminal, too. It's, you, Take you away my fun. Let, let them know that you want to have fun and you want to have Vlad Jr. up in the big books. Yeah. I want to see those displays of just raw <laughs> night after night and then... It is really frustrating. I mean, I know he's not hurting financially, but it sucks for the kid. You know, he deserves to be in the big, the big show. Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, he really, really, truly has done everything in his power, and they're just kind of like, well, hey, you know, you might you might get a promotion to AAA here soon, bud. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Like even the Braves last year weren't in it. They gave Albies a look, you know. Yeah, well, a couple months. It's, I, I just, I think you call him, call him up now. Like, you know, I, I know that they've fallen out of it a little, but I mean, you never know. Like, teams can get hot. I mean, who, who has a better shot? You know, in the history of the game of just injecting a playoff like life into into their team than than Vlad Junior. Like, call him up now. Um. <laughs> it, I don't set know. the it's, fan base on fire. I mean, yeah. your attendance the rest of the way for four Steel, months. Steal like the Blue Jays would become one of the five um, most desirable teams to watch in baseball the rest of the season. Like whether they're winning or losing, just with him being on the team. Like you, I mean, do you want to be relevant? Do you want people to love watching your team play, or do you want to just become the most hated franchise in the game? Yeah, oh, that's exactly it. I mean, you can do so much goodwill for your fan base. But, yeah, you know, even if they can't make it, even if he doesn't put them over the hump, which, you know, in baseball it's tough for one player to really do that. But well, Vlad could. And if even if you're not making the postseason, the, the revenue that that one guy is generating for your organization will more than cover that one extra year of our eligibility. And, and another, you know, another aspect of this, too, is, like, season tickets for 2019. Like, yep, that's a good point. if you promote him this year – uh, I mean, then he gets to sort of be your sort of face of your off-season promotions, you know? I mean, th- they're still going to do that and totally take advantage of the kid anyway, but, like, this way at least you have just all these highlights of him in the Rogers Center hitting bombs and stuff that you can market. Yeah, I wouldn't put it long. past them to yeah have oh, him all just, over yeah, this, so like, not have promoted right, him this season. Right, exactly. That's infuriating to think about. Was there another prospect that you mentioned um, that you wanted to talk about? I yeah, uh, you know, Forrest Whitley is yeah, going to make sure. his uh, minor or his 2018 debut tomorrow against Double uh, A Frisco, the Texas affiliate, and I'm more excited for this minor league game than I have 
than any minor league game to date this year. I mean, it's going to be uh, a blast, hopefully. I mean, I, I'm not sure how deep he'll be able to go into that start, but you know, it's it's just awesome that he's going to be back pitching. Uh, I think the clear, like, I don't even really think it's close right now for who the, the number one pitching prospect in the game is because Walker Bueller is no longer prospect eligible. Obviously, the Alex Reyes injury is is a huge bummer that kind of takes him out of that conversation so i think it's it's forced whitley and then there's just a gigantic gap for me to uh, mike soroka who i think is the second best prospect pitching prospect right now so um definitely would try to tune in and watch that if you have milb.tv uh should be a fun outing and and should be kind of a fun summer just getting to watch force whitley every five or six days yeah, absolutely. Now, before we move on to draft talk, a quick note from one of our sponsors. Are you sick of missing the big money prize by fractions of a point? Are you in a constant state of buyer's remorse? Or are you just too busy to conduct daily research for lineup submissions and let rotopros.com function as your go-to source for winning big and winning often in the highly competitive arena of daily fantasy sports? Rotopros is committed to your success as a DFS player and has a support staff that offers around-the-clock DFS-related advice and feedback that will help you build a bankroll to be reckoned with. RotoPros relies on Slack to provide their industry-leading customer service in real time, while also producing daily podcasts, YouTube live videos, articles online, uh, email alerts, and many more materials that will allow you to make winning decisions on a daily basis. Their vibrant community of paid Subscribers typically enjoy a positive ROI off their monthly membership fee, but you starting today, you can sign up at no cost whatsoever. Visit rotopros.com and opt into their no risk seven day free trial and find out why they've become the hub for where fantasy becomes reality. James, uh, I mentioned that you know you haven't fully completed the overhaul of the top 400, but you have started slotting guys in and you started talking last week about your top prospects for fantasy and indeed Jonathan India, who is number one on that list comes in first here from this list. You sent me at 28 overall, a uh, pretty lofty ranking, but you're, you're buying into what you've seen from him. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm getting close on this, this top 400. I, I definitely want to do it justice. So um, I would, I would expect that that'll be ready to go live on the site uh, Monday or Tuesday of next week. Um, and Jonathan India, just to kind of for reference of the players that I'm sort of slotting him around, uh, have Austin Meadows at 25, Sixto Sanchez, 26, Peter Alonzo, 27, then India at 28, Garrett Hampson, 29, Dustin Fowler, 30. Um, so that's kind of the company that I sort of see him belonging in. Uh, it's, it's really just a, a dream landing spot for him. Uh, for fantasy purposes, I think that he actually does sort of, you know, I know they announced him as a third baseman, but if you just kind of look at the makeup of that, that team, it really does sort of seem like we could be headed for a Nick Senzel, Jonathan India, double play duo in Cincinnati, which, you know, the, the defense between those two up the middle is going to be lacking for sure. But, uh, you know, who, who really cares? Like if you can go Suarez, India, Senzel, Vado around the horn, that's, that'll play. That'll, that'll definitely play. And, you know, he's going to obviously hit somewhere in like the top five of that lineup. Uh, and he's going to get to hitting 
great American ballpark. I mean, it's just a, a really glorious landing spot for him capable of playing all three or all four infield spots, I guess, if you want to, you know, include first base capable of stealing double digit bases, hitting 20 to 30 home runs, hitting for really high average, really love Jonathan India. Can't wait for him to make his pro debut. Nice. So yeah, I saw he's got a pretty nice home run total in the college ball this year. Has he, does he have experience with wood bats? Like was he, um, Cape Cod at all? Not notable experience um, that I'm aware of, but you know, it's he did his damage this year against uh, or in the best um, baseball conference in the land, mm-hmm. and to me that that carries a lot of weight. Like I, I, part of the reasons why I'm I'm lower on some other guys is just I don't really trust the quality of competition that they were doing damage against. Whereas at least with India. I mean, the numbers are just insane, but, you know, he was putting up those insane numbers against uh, some really good college pitching. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, the, the competition that he's facing in college does kind of um, offset any, you know, lack of track record with wood bats. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited as a Reds fan. I'm really jacked up. Um, he's also got, like, to me, he, he, uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Cody Bellinger or Anthony Rizzo in this regard where he will sometimes just take such a violent hack that he ends up kind of on his knees or losing kind of balance that's that type of thing but uh it's it's really kind of premium bat speed and when when he connects he does a ton of damage so like I I'm really just not concerned about the the wood bat factor at all really just because of how the, the type of force that he swings with, I think that it's it's going to kind of be a non-issue. That's good to hear. That's good to hear for sure. And he was actually on the Reds broadcast, I think, the very next day. And, of course, Cowboy Jeff Brantley was all uh, hanging, hanging from him, <laughs> riding a little bit, um, <laughs> talking to him like he's an old pal. You know, it was weird. But um, good to see he's getting in good with the Reds broadcasters already. Casey Mize, the first overall pick in the draft to Detroit, uh, only a few spots behind India on your top 400, uh, 32 overall. And I'm just wondering, wondering, because I haven't looked at the rankings, and again, they're not live on the site yet, but where does that put Mize in the spectrum of you know all of the pitching prospects in the game? Well, so this is, this is kind of fun. Um, so like I said, I have Forrest Whitley 1, Mike Soroka 2, Jesus Lazardo three, Sixto Sanchez four, and then at thirty one I have Michael Kopech thirty two, Casey Mize thirty three, Alex Reyes. So well, sandwich now ahead of Reyes. Yeah, right in between Kopech and Reyes. Like that. I mean, that's to me kind of a, a fun debate. Like, who would you rather have in a dynasty league out of those three? Kopech obviously has some pretty significant warts right now that. I think are, are a little concerning. You know, his it sort of seems like his command is kind of backed up as the season's gone on. He had a really rough outing his last time out. Uh, Alex Reyes, obviously, just all kinds of injury concerns there with uh, obviously the Tommy John and then the the shoulder surgery. I mean, it's just could could not have worked out really any worse for Reyes uh, this season and. I think that that's like you could argue to me that Alex Reyes is no longer a top 40 prospect just because of the amount of risk I think associated with uh, not necessarily the Tommy John per se, but just the the shoulder 
surgery. I mean, a guy throws as hard as he does, like missing this much time uh, with with two significant arm injuries. It's it's definitely concerning. And Mize has a little bit of a little bit of heightened injury risk relative to like just your your typical draft prospect but he's been healthy down the stretch for for auburn be interesting to see just kind of what the tigers do with him this year how many innings they let him throw i remember last year with alex faedo they uh, didn't really let him throw at all um, because he'd reached an innings threshold with florida wouldn't be surprised if they maybe do the same thing with mize but uh, like i've sort of been saying he could probably he could get double a and triple a hitters out right now i think and i think he might uh, if he if he does head to high A, it'll be a very brief stay. He'll probably spend the bulk of his minor league um, career at Double A before heading to the big leagues sometime next summer. Very interesting. The next guy from this year's draft class to check in on your overall top four hundred, Trevor Larnock at uh, forty eight. And when we were watching the draft in office, you know, after the Twins took him one spot ahead of your Brewers, I heard a little audible groan coming from you sounds like you were a little disappointed it was grown worthy yeah and especially given who the brewers followed up and, and took bryce tarang i know you're not tarang i know you're not a big fan there but uh larnock what kind of fantasy friendly tools does he bring to the table uh just huge raw power and i think a chance to hit for a a decent average i don't think he's gonna hit 300 I uh, don't think he's going to hit 290, but I think he's going to hit kind of in that 260 to 285 range with 30 plus homers, um, you know, pretty decent on base skills. going to hit towards the middle of that lineup. Uh, really, this kind of illustrates just the, the disconnect between the valuations of these guys, that kind of what order they went in in the draft and how valuable they are for fantasy. Because like you said, Larnick was the 20th pick and Ivan is the third best fantasy player but that's because he's kind of a left field only guy that's just it's all tied up in his bat and i actually have more faith in him being able to hit professional pitching right away than i do alec Baum or you know some of the other guys that are that are going to be popular uh targets from this class and yeah trevor larnack 48 right behind helio ramos at 46 and khalil lee at 47 so um pretty aggressive on larnick i don't think he's going to be in anyone else's top 50 coming out of the draft but i that's that's a guy that i would love to be able to land in a dynasty league draft very nice well i got one more read to get through here bear with me uh fantasy baseball fans season is here and with baseball season comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball no matter what you're looking for FanDuel, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind is something for everyone Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting with just 25 cents. Pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. How did you do in the online baseball championship last night? I did not do well at all. Uh, and it did, was, you get the, did you get sucked on the Otani trap? It was, it was not a trap at all. That, that, was, that was easy, easy money if he just stays healthy. No, I mean, I, I, at the price he was on on FanDuel, I I would have started him even if I'd known that he was going to have like a 40% ownership. So I was certainly happy that he was only 25, 26% owned. Can't really predict him leaving when he left. It was, it was really all about my, my hitters though. I think I only had 
two guys that you you would consider hits on the the hitting side. So that that's that's kind of where I got stuck. Yeah, I thought I had a good kind of contrarian play in Erod, and he was pretty good actually. Uh, just didn't quite go deep enough to really push me over the hump. I think I finished eleventh or so, but. Uh, good time. So uh, you can play tons of different product variations, by the way, on FanDuel, smaller rosters, AL, NL only. Truly something for everyone. I think that was the last Roadwire Baseball Championship qualifier, but you can still play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription, which will give you all the help you need to be successful with your first deposit on Fandle. Just visit Fandle.com slash RW, void where prohibited. Uh, next up, James, Nick Madrigal, and he's a guy who went a lot higher than Larnick, uh, fifth, or no, I'm sorry, fourth overall to the White Sox. And it's all about the hit tool there. Is, is it the lack of power or speed that has him uh, settling in at 50 on the overall top 400? Uh, it's the lack of power. I mean, I think he's going to, I think he'll have at least one 20 stolen base season, uh, before maybe he slows down a little bit. He's, he's definitely in kind of my top two or three of guys who just had a perfect landing spot. I just love that spot for him in, in Chicago. Uh, and really I love what their front office did by taking him because he's sort of the perfect compliment to the type of guys they have on board, like the Tim Anderson, Yon Mankata uh, types of guys that they're building around where, you know, there's all kinds of tools, but you're just not sure what you're going to get from those guys in terms of batting average, OBP skills, uh, a lot of swing and miss, especially with Mankata. I mean, Madrigal might strike out less than 10% of the time in the big league. So that's just like a perfect sort of antidote to me uh, for what Mankata's flaws are. And, I think it's going to be interesting to sort of see what they do with that infield alignment once Madrigal's ready because uh, second base just seems like where you almost have to play him in the big leagues. So I don't know if that means Jan Mancada shifts over to third base. I definitely think that's a possibility. Um, maybe Mancada shifts to center field. A uh, lot, of, lot of different options, a lot of ways they could go there. Uh, but I think Madrigal and Tim Anderson are definitely going to be the up-the-middle guys, so it's kind of where does Mankata fit best on that team. Jordan Adams, he went 17th overall to the Angels. He's tentatively checking in at 85 on your overall top 400. Uh, did you like this landing spot? I mean, you said you liked Madrigal's, you liked India's landing spots. What do you think about this for Adams? Well, it's it's awesome in the sense that the Angels – the angels really like, you know, of all the teams in the league, they've had about as much success as anyone over the past year or so of developing their hitters. Like they just have a really good track record. Uh, even some pop-up guys that, you know, were just kind of completely written off coming into the year. Like David Fletcher at AAA is just having a monster year. Matt Dice has reestablished himself as a legitimate dynasty league prospect this year. Uh, obviously Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh having great starts to their their years. The one thing that kind of sucks about this in terms of a landing spot is that the Angels just have outfield depth for days. So uh, you could maybe worry a little bit about just, you know, where is he going to fit in by the time he's big league ready. But 
I would advise against that because he's probably four years away from the big leagues, three years away, maybe if you want to be really optimistic. So by that time, things will probably sort themselves out. Uh, Adams has as much fantasy upside as any hitter in this draft, just based on the, the power and the speed upside. And really kind of compares very similarly to Joe Adele last year. So the fact that the Angels had success developing Adele, who was sort of seen as a raw, toolsy guy that, you know, we weren't sure if he was going to hit, they had success with him. So maybe they, you know, whatever worked with him will work with Adams as well. And I give them credit for taking the dive there and a guy with this much upside. Because as we talked about, there is always that risk that, you know, maybe he decides to go play football if, if things aren't getting off to a great start to his pro career. Uh, but it seems like the Angels are pretty confident that they can, you know, refine him a bit and turn him into a really good ball player. Uh, Nolan Gorman was the guy that we talked about as having the most raw power in this class. I was a little surprised that he fell all the way to 19. Pretty classic Cardinals to luck into that. Uh, why do you think he did slip a little bit? Uh, I think there are well-founded concerns about his hit tool and defensive utility. You know, I just I don't... <laughs> We're going to get to Alec Baum in a second, but I don't really understand why there was such a gap between those two. Uh, I thought they both had very similar strengths and weaknesses. Uh, you know, I I am kind of tempted to kind of go along the lines you're, you're saying with like classic Cardinals lucking into that one. But we also, you know, we were saying classic Cardinals lucking into Delvin Perez a couple of years ago too, and like that That's has true. completely flopped. So while I think this is a great landing spot for Gorman, like the Cardinals – for the most part, typically seem to get the most out of their prospects. And, you know, a, a guy with that type of power that plays on the, the dirt, I think is going to have no problems getting into that lineup if, if he is able to hit. Um, so I like the landing spot, but, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's just like a, a slam dunk Cardinals got a heist here. I think that other teams had good reasons for passing on him. I mean, I think that if, you know, if, if you don't think he can hit, then who cares what kind of power potential he has? Interesting. Xavier Edwards is another guy who slipped, and you were pretty high on him. Were you more surprised that he slipped than you were with Gorman? Uh, you know, I want to see what he signed. I want to see what they all signed for. Uh, you know, if you look at what the Padres did in the first round, Ryan Weathers at seventh overall. I think his deal is going to be well under slot. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they saved like 1.5 million with that pick. And then and Edwards asking price was pretty significant. Right. And then their yeah, their next pick is Edwards in the, the compet- competitive balance round. So I wouldn't be surprised if Edwards signed for as much as Weathers did at seventh overall. So, um, that's son of former reds. Great. Right. Right. David, Weathers. um, yeah, he's got it. He's got David's face too. Yeah, big, does. big fat face. Um, but <laughs> I don't a fat face. I come through <laughs> swerve. I don't really like the landing spot for Edwards. Like I, the Padres system is just so damn deep that it's just there's so many middle infielders in front of him on that organizational depth chart. Like I believe in the talent and everything, but. You know, at a certain point, like th- their system is so talent rich that they are just going to be able to pick from the cream of the crop in terms of who they give at bats to. Um, you know, a lot can happen between now and then. Like with what, well, like with Adams, I don't, I don't think people should freak out about Edwards being blocked or anything just yet because he's he's at least a few years away from the big leagues. But 
Uh, would have liked to have seen him go somewhere where he was kind of the clear heir apparent at second base, and that's not really the case in San Diego. Yeah, that's true, man. That's, yeah, especially looking several years down the road as a team that looks hard to crack at the big league level. Uh, but somebody did tweet a video of Xavier Edwards running the bases, and, man, that kid can't fly. A pretty exciting tool for fantasy purposes. Alec Baum is next, and he was pretty lofty, of course. Um, Harold Reynolds was quick to slap a Chris Bryant comp on him. I was telling you, that was, you know, that's the one night of the year I spend with Harold. Yeah, And it, me too. it's comical every single time. It's, it cracks me up. Um, but one night is enough for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. I think you have to go into it with the right mindset. Like that's that's how I went into today's Reds game. Like with Tom <laughs> Brenneman on the broadcast, I went in with the right mindset. Yeah, I was there to have laughs. I was I was in on the joke, you know. And uh, that's kind of how you have to be with Harold Reynolds. Uh, you know, he. <laughs> it's funny. We just talked about Xavier Edwards in the span of like ninety seconds. Xavier Edwards got an Ozzy Smith comp from Reynolds. He got a Francisco Lindor comp from someone else on the set and then oh got a God. then got a Jimmy Rollins comp from someone else on the set. So it's like <laughs> this guy got comp to a Hall of Famer, like a guy that won an MVP and a guy who's one of the best like five or six players in the game right now, all within the span of like 90 seconds. And he's not even going to stick a shortstop, most likely. <laughs> like he's moving over to second base, probably in, in pro ball at some point. And he was getting all kinds of comps. It was a fun night for for Xavier Edwards to be comp to those three legends. But yeah, fun night for reckless comps. You know? Yeah, uh, the bomb comp, obvious. I mean, he's a third ba- college third baseman. I mean, got to throw the Chris Bryant comp on him. Um, the uh, I was just going to say, like, we had uh, Chris Welsh of InThisLeague.com on the Saturday show, and he was. A lot higher on Bomb than you are. Thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Chris loves Gorman and Bomb. Uh, I am less high on them just because I think that the. I just I I don't like guys that are going to start or that that might end up at first base who, you know, aren't slam dunks to hit, and I don't think either of those guys are. And Bomb to me really is one of the most confusing. Uh, first round picks that I've seen recently. I just, I don't understand that from the Phillies perspective at all. You're picking third overall and you're going to take a righty righty guy that probably ends up at first base who has really not, I mean, he, he did hit well on the Cape. So, I mean, that's, that's a mark in his favor, but his numbers at Wichita state to me just don't really jump off the page given the level of competition. I mean, they're good numbers, but those would be numbers where I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good if it was like in the SEC or the the ACC. But uh, you know, if you're if you're at Wichita State, you should be just absolutely destroying everyone. And I I really think there's a lot of risk in that pick at, at third overall. Um, and this is a team with some pretty bad recent history of drafting in the top ten. I I don't understand that one. Uh, you know, I think India would have been a much better pick because, like, at least even if you want to say that, like, Bomb and India say they have like similar chances to hit, or maybe you think Bomb has like a slightly better chance to hit. Well, at least with India, he can play all over the diamond. You're not you're not kind of stuck like forcing him into one specific spot. And 
you know, I, w- I would have rather rolled the dice on a high school pitcher on like an underslot deal there. And, you know, there's just a lot of different ways I would have approached that pick. They obviously really believe in bombs, bat. Otherwise, you don't take them there. But um, I didn't I didn't really like that pick from a real life standpoint at all. Uh, he's a guy that's got the upside to be the best fantasy player in this class, no doubt. Uh, but I also think there's, you know, if he goes out to, say, low A, this year, which is where I think he probably gets assigned and just kind of is just so, so then I think that there's going to be a lot of questions kind of among the dynasty community as to where he should go in drafts next year. If he goes out and hits, then he could be the number one guy in, in dynasty league drafts, but I I'm not sold that he's going to do that. Very interesting, man. Yeah. I also, I mean, how long did they sign Santana for? Because, Bomb can rise quickly and only play first. I mean, might have some some issues on their hands eventually. Yeah, I mean, I think that they... Three, it was only three years for Santana. It's smart to... I, I think it is smart to go best player available at, at kind of all times in the draft unless it's a really unique situation. Um, but, you know, he's an... If, if he hits like they think he's going to hit, then he's an asset who... They probably can find room for somewhere, um, but I, I don't know. I, I would not have gone that direction at all if I was them. So Kyler Murray, the only other prospect currently inside your top uh, 100, again, still yet to be published to the site, but that is coming soon. He was the big surprise of the first round going to the A's. Uh, again, committed to playing football for another year. I, I, mean, I kind of get it because of all the you know attention and fame that comes with playing quarterback at Oklahoma but I mean passing up on like what like a nine million dollar signing bonus I guess he will probably eventually get one but I told I totally get it from his standpoint I I think it just kind of looks really desperate from the A's standpoint yeah I guess it does like for if you're Kyler Murray you're you know QB1 at Oklahoma for a year you probably go to a you probably win double digit games there. You probably have a a great time and you still get paid. Like it's from his standpoint, it's a, that's a good point that I'm underestimating my mind. Yeah. You do get paid. It's, it's kind of a, a win win if you're him. I just, from the A's perspective, like he had for, for that to make sense to me, he has to have been just so far ahead of the next best guy on their board for that to make sense. And maybe he was, I didn't get the sense that, that was anything close to a industry consensus i mean i I think you could definitely make a case he's a and i am making that case that he's a top 10 fantasy player from this class but from a real life perspective you know i don't i don't know Uh, i know the a's are really really prioritizing athleticism with their recent trades and recent drafts but uh there's a lot of risk here i mean you i mean it's it's just as much risk really as if like a a prospect was just like, yeah, I'm going to sign, but first I'm going to go to like Thailand for a couple of months and do a bunch of drugs and and have sex with a bunch of hookers. Like, I mean, to me, that's like just as risky as letting a guy play dual option quarterback in the big 12 for a year before joining your, your system. Yeah. That's why I thought, you know, in his, for his sake, I mean, passing up nine mil, um, and then risking so much like brain damage is pretty crazy, but uh, a lot of perks, to say the least, being the quarterback at Oklahoma. Uh, so what are the, you know, I know the baseball skills are, are relatively advanced, but um, what are the, the drawbacks in his game? Uh, it's just, you know, there's there's going to be some swing and miss 
risk. I think there's just kind of hit tool questions and uh, lack of a extended track record of hitting. He really came on strong in 2018, but he's missed time because of football, obviously. So not as advanced as the other college hitters that went, you know, kind of in that range of the draft. Um, you know, kind of a boomer bust pick. I think there's a chance that he's a 2020 guy in center field and gets on base and, and hits for a high average. There's a chance that he's not even a big leaguer. I think that, that there's a really wide range there. Nice. Well, we appreciate all the insight. Check out all the, you know, recaps player by player uh, for all the draft picks through what, like the fourth, fifth round? Forgot. Yeah, we went through the fourth round. Nice. All you got to do is go to you know, the fantasy news tab, and then it's easy to find. If you just click over to minors, you can just scroll through and um, really get caught up and up to date on, on what the outlooks are for these players. Uh, real quick, though, before we sign off, James, our next entry into the top collabs countdown. I feel like I've had a kind of a stretch of boring picks. I have another one today, but <laughs> a pick that I have to include, and that's Regulate. Orangey and Nate Dog. Uh, God rest Nate Dog's dear soul. Um, it's not a traditional, you know, collab necessarily for uh, this countdown, and I probably would hold off if it was just like a, a hook from from Nate Dog. But he does get some verses in there. Yeah, I mean that's that's coming later for me on on the countdown. Definitely one that had to be included. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I, it's a just an incredibly unique collab because you kind of have a, you know, a singer. I mean, I guess there are certain times where Nate Dogg is dropping verses at times, but, the, you know, he's kind of singing them. He's not really rapping them, but it just flows so well. Uh, those two have just such a great uh, chemistry on the mic. It's it's really a, a special song. Yeah, although I will say, apparently there was a sample from some old beat. Yeah, I thought that it's one of the great beats in hip-hop history, but, well... Apparently it was a, a ripoff, and that's the case with a lot of hip hop beats. But every time you know I hear a song and I like I hear the original like years after the fact, I feel cheated a little bit. I feel a little bit uh, take taken a fool. Well, that's a phrase. So I mean, is it? Did they not give it credit? Give I'm credit? Sure they gave it credit in the because I mean I just uh, you got to assume with the. I don't know about the majority of, of beats, but especially like, I think the majority of beats from a certain era in time, all, all people really did was sample. Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, so many classic songs that we like were sampled. Right. And I mean, like that was like almost all of Dr. Dre's beats from the early nineties were, were samples. Um, I mean, it's something that I've grown to accept, but it's still weird to me to hear the sample and like, you know, 20 years after the fact, I never realized it. It's Michael McDonald. Oh, I keep yeah. forgetting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah, um, I never knew that. I, you know, just the other day, my CD player wasn't working in my car and just turned on like an oldies station. Not a lot of r- good radio here in Madison. And I heard that just randomly. It's weird. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic track. Uh, that'll be coming fairly soon on my countdown. Uh, my entry for this week is probably the most appropriately named track that could possibly appear on this countdown. Uh, and that is Barry Bonds, uh, Kanye West featuring Lil Wayne off of uh, the graduation album. Uh, 
not, I mean, there's, there's kind of a hook that they sort of go to like now here's another hit Barry Bonds, but it's not, it's, it's more just kind of two guys sort of trading uh, really good verses. Um, not a big fan of, I mean, I, I, I like Kanye a lot more than, than a lot of people do, but I even I'll admit that, you know, a lot of his tracks don't come with the best uh, lyricism, but on uh, this one, I think, you know, Lil Wayne has the best verse, but I think Kanye's, you know, he holds his own better than, than you would expect and not sure that he wrote it, but, um, you know, props, I think that's, uh, it's a really good, really good collab. And the only time I'm going to be able to fit Lil Wayne on here, uh, which is kind of a bummer, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of his best songs are just him by himself. Uh, so yeah, was, he didn't make my list. Yeah. I was glad him. to, glad to make room for him. And, um, you know, it's not a, not a great time to be a, a Kanye West fan, um, but you know that that song still holds up in my opinion. I actually I've heard of the song. I've never actually heard the song, so I might have to check that out. Can you give us a quick re- review of of the latest Kanye album? I have not listened to it, so okay. probably gonna stay that way for a while. I I just you know when the time comes, the time will come, but it's not it's not there yet. Yeah. Still I too, mean, still too soon. It's too I soon. give, yeah, I give him, you know, some slack for, you know, just being like what is it, manic depressive. I've heard, I mean, yeah, or uh, obviously um, that's not, it's not a, it's anything minor. You know, I I've heard from people I trust that it's not his best work, um, decent but not his best. I mean, my my fiance has listened to it um, plenty and you know, she almost likes it a little too much. Like it, it, I know her taste in music and, um, for me to love it, I don't know if she would love it as much as she does. So interesting. Okay. Well, I might come around and give it a shot, but not high on my list of priorities. We appreciate it, James. Great stuff. We'll talk to you guys next week on the Roadwire prospect podcast brought to you by FanDuel. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.